This week on The Outlaw Lawyer, Josh, Joe, and Cassandra discuss the law and how it affects everything around us. And as always here at The Outlaw Lawyer, our attorneys, well, they tackle all of the day's most urgent burning legal questions, such as when is a picture of Prince not a picture of Prince? And what is a sovereign citizen? And why does Daryl Brooks think that this is a defense to murder. What caused the onion to go before the U.S. Supreme Court? That's all coming up next on The Outlaw Lawyer. And now, Outlaw Lawyer. Welcome into The Outlaw Lawyer. That's right. Josh Whitaker, Joe Hamer, managing partners. Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm are your hosts. They're practicing attorneys here in North Carolina. We are joined by Cassandra Nicholas, also an attorney at Whitaker and Hamer. And they have offices located conveniently in Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verena, Gastonia, and now in Moorhead City. And we talk legalese each and every week. If you've got a situation you're facing and you've got questions and you need some answers, you can always call Whitaker and Hamer, 800 659-1186. That's 800-659-1186. Leave your contact information, briefly what the call's about, and an attorney with Whitaker and Hamer will be in touch. And you can always, always, always email your questions to the show, questions at theoutlawlawyer.com. Josh and Joe, we welcome you in. Cassandra is remote, and you guys can start talking about where where is she? What's she doing? <laughs> Uh, Morgan, so uh, Cassandra is heading up our new Moorhead City office, so she is... Uh, we're over here in Apex in the studio, me and uh, my friend Joseph here. Uh, but Cassandra, you can hear us. You're, you're, you're here. Yes, my first time remoting in. I can hear myself <laughs> as an echo a little bit, but just some little tech hurdles here in the Moorhead City office. All right. Well, uh, welcome into the Outlaw Lawyer. Uh, again, Josh and Joe here in studio. We got a lot of meaty uh, legal topics to, to discuss today, as is our custom. Uh, uh, but first thing I wanted to bring up, and, and again, you know, I'm not bringing this up as a, uh, as a, as a way to, to make fun of Joseph, but you just view at the UNC Duke game, right? Yeah, man. <laughs> How'd that go? <laughs> I think it's, that, that I, think was it's defensive. I think it's highly relevant that we are a legal talk show because, uh, <laughs> criminal would be a way <laughs> that I would describe it. Um, no, it went well, man. It was a good environment. It was a good environment. I tell you one thing, I haven't been to a, a game, a college football game in a while. And, uh, you know, that you can drink there now. You can drink yeah. in the games. And not a great not a great plan for these heated rivalry games, man. Uh, been to several of them. Oh, no. By far the most contentious one that I've ever seen. As far as, like, altercations almost happened and especially at the end as everyone was filing out it was like a two thousand percent increase in in those incidents and i can only attribute that to um the alcohol look this is uh and the 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 lack of class from (laughs) the team who won the game (laughs) that would be a a contributing factor as well so i'm sure there was you know plenty of class from the team lost the yeah game what are you gonna too. when you lose the game yeah what do you do you're just walking with your head down and people are yelling at you what are you supposed to do man but uh i think you're supposed to fight poorly officiated game no all, Josh, uh, yeah. no no. Yeah. Josh, no 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 <laughs> it's a poorly officiated game all around i'd say but uh some real head scratchers towards the end you could you could argue that duke was robbed completely uh and that there's no justice in the world. Uh, some could even argue. Th- th- there's a lot of arguments to make, man. But uh, go- I'll tell you one thing that was nice, man. It's a good and good that 
stadium improvements to that stadium come a long ways. Uh, they've got a legitimate coach there at Duke now, so it's going to be the future looks bright. Well, that's good. I, this is my old man comment of the day, though. My we go to a lot of state football games. We have tickets there, and I always get aisle seats because uh, if something goes down, I want to be able to just skedaddle right. So uh-huh. I never sit in the middle. We're always on the end. But man, the out, since they've started uh, selling the beer, people are coming up and down the stairs constantly. Right, you know, you go to a Hurricanes game, you don't really interrupt, you don't walk up and down while plays. It's a rule, yeah. But at state games, man, it's a constant parade of people walking right by you. Um, so anyway, I'm, I'm glad that you can have beer at the game, right? You don't have to drink it all in the parking lot and then come in and then go out at halftime. That's a real art, being able to to drink just enough before you go in. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm glad it's there, but they they got to do something, you know. It's like uh, I think you know we we're considering not going to as many games because you just you pretty much, if you're in the aisle seat, you kind of have to stand up to see over everybody that's constantly walking up and down. And they're not doing that for peanuts. Yeah, I right? mean, once you break the seal and you head to the restroom for the first time, you're going to go six times. So they just, they, they, the, you just lock the bathrooms for <laughs> half of the game, man. Make people hold it. Sell um, diapers. So I didn't, luckily Syracuse State was an away game, so I didn't go to that game. I watched that on TV, and it's, you know, I can turn it off and I can take breaks. How'd you like that game? It wasn't good, man. And I didn't have high (laughs) hopes for it, but um, there's still some questionable calls. There's been a lot of, I don't, I don't understand being an official is very hard. You know, there's a shortage of officials right now in the high school and and middle school and and it's a thankless job. Um, and I understand that they get a lot of heat and that's a tough job and, and not a lot of people can, can do it, but I don't understand with the review, how you miss so many calls, you know, like, cause almost anything can be reviewed. Well, that's the thing, but you, that, yes and no. Um, like the, the Duke game, for example, you know, Duke gets a first down that puts the game away and there's a, a legal shift penalty. You don't see many of those because it's a bogus baloney call, <laughs> but that's the type of thing that can't be reviewed. It's a judgment call right? Oh, yeah. in the moment. And in that moment, this referee decides it's a great idea to call it. And you can look at the tape and argue that there was no illegal shift. That's what most sane people would do. Um, and in the very next play, touchdown pass, fantastic touchdown pass, by the way, one of the best you've ever seen to end the game. And we call a chop block on a pass play. That's a very rare thing to see too. Also a judgment call. Neither play is reviewable. So you have these, you know, there are things that are reviewable, but still you have those, those types of penalties. Like you're not reviewing penalties like that. And, uh, those are unfortunately the more controversial type of things that you see after a game. He just adds to the rivalry, Joe. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Each team should have their own attorney there to argue. Yeah. Calls, right? Yeah. 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 Eight hour games. Yeah. We really want that. Put that on ESPN four. Just the two attorneys arguing in the back. Well, uh, actually, that's not a bad idea. ESPN yeah. seven yeah. split screen. You got two attorneys and they're arguing for their team during the game. Yeah. I yeah. like that. Yeah. State's attorney. Can you just add like layers. A writ of mandamus. To make, it, uh, make an official do something. All state's right. attorney would be busy, man. <laughs> state's attorney. Oh, yeah. He'd earn his money. Um, but that's what we like to do here on the Outlaw Lawyer when we get started. We like to talk about sports. We like to invite Cassandra here and talk about <laughs> local North Carolina sports that she's not paying any attention to. Uh, but Cassandra, one thing you have been paying attention to is uh, and is is legal is kind of what's been going on with Alex Jones. So give us tell us what's been going on with him lately. Just over here paying attention to all the legal topics. Um, so Alex Jones, we've talked about the the cases against him previously, and there was already a judgment against him. But there's a new one 
in Connecticut. There's a jury ruling against him for $965 million. Mm. Um, but he's still on the air, still doing his InfoWars show, talking about how he's not going to have to pay any of that because he filed bankruptcy. I'm not a Connecticut attorney. I'm not a bankruptcy attorney. Um, but I'm hoping that the families can recover some of the $965 million against him. Yeah, you know, so, you know, what you hear bankruptcy attorneys say, and again, we're all licensed to practice in North Carolina, and none of us are licensed in Connecticut. Uh, but what you hear bankruptcy attorneys say, those are federal laws, you know, you, you can get a lot of stuff uh, discharged in bankruptcy, right? So you can be relieved of personal liability for some of your debts, depending on your, your circumstances and, and, and what's going on in your life. But when you get sued for what would you, what would you call intentional torts, right? When you get sued for fraud, mm-hmm. when you get sued for intentional torts, if you get a judgment against you in general, those are not dischargeable in, in bankruptcy. Those, those stick with you. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know what his earning power is, uh, but it seems like whatever he's got, you know, he's going to constantly, uh, be subject to uh, to some kind of collection action, right? This isn't going away. Yeah. It's a good question about his yeah. earning power. Because he, he got removed from any, like every viable platform like a while ago. So I'd be curious to know. I mean, there's still people that are going to listen to him. There's He's got his, his, he's got a very fervent audience, I think is the way that you would describe them. And they're going to find him if he's, even if he's on the AM radio. Oh, yeah. What is he on though? Mm-hmm. Exactly. You're not a part of his audience. I'm not even sure. Just... His direct website, yeah, probably I just think. a website. Yeah, so, I don't. I, 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 yeah, I admittedly don't know for sure. Um, um, and this article I'm looking at here estimates his current net worth between 135 million and 270 million. Wow! So even if they recovered all of what he has, it would still be a fraction of the judgment. And he is appealing this judgment too. Oh, you so. got to. Yeah, you have to. What do you got to lose? You know. Yeah. What uh, you know, if I'm ever worth 135 million, you guys won't see me. I'll uh, I'll just you'll be, be remoting in from your island. I'll be I'll be on my island with my kids playing Madden. That's all. What I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> playing Madden? That's you what can invite. Do? Yeah, football players to your island. Nah, <laughs> you have real life Madden. That's just right. Have two NFL teams come and let your kids right. coach them. All right. So we've got we've got three legal topics to get to today. Um, again, the Supreme Court, we talked about the Supreme Court, U.S. Supreme Court's back in session. They're, they're hearing oral arguments. We're not expecting any decisions anytime soon. That usually comes later in the year. But they're hearing cases, and one of the cases they're hearing is uh, Andy Warhol Foundation for the Visual Arts versus Goldsmith. And so this is a kind of a trademark case uh, that involves a very famous, I guess famous, I, I didn't know what it was until I read it, but I'm not a big art guy. But this is what I don't know what the title of this thing is, but Andy Warhol had taken this picture of Prince taken in 1981 and he, he took these the photo of Prince, changed it a little bit, used a couple of copies of it and and created artwork. I think that's fair to say, Cassandra, is that well, <laughs> is is it? <laughs> that's the Changed question. enough to be, yeah. That's, that's Cassandra, you're our, you're our foremost Prince art expert on the show. So if you could just guide us through that. Uh, we'll, well, we'll get there. We'll get there. But that's a, that's a trademark issue. Oral arguments were last week. Um, again, that, that piqued my uh, interest. So that's, that's one topic we're going to be uh, tackling today. And then uh, Joe's been following the trial of Daryl Brooks. And so just real quickly, what's going on with that, Joe? Yeah. 
I mean, I, I don't say I'm not following it extremely closely. You can only watch so much of it. It's like watching a train wreck. So, but uh, basically, Mr. Brooks, he's one of our. We've talked about these folks before. Our sovereign citizens, the folks who argue that the the laws don't apply to him, but he is the the man that was accused of basically driving his SUV through the Waukesha Christmas parade. Uh, back in November of 2021, horrible, tragic inc- incident. He's been on trial. He fired his attorneys, and he's been representing himself. And this has been one of those things that kind of has captivated social media because you can you can go and watch you know snippets or all of the trial. And he a colorful, entertain you know I don't know that you describe it as entertaining, but again, like a train wreck. Like it's you yeah. almost can't look away, right. but. It, just craziness, man. Pure craziness. And then the the other thing I want to talk about, we have a, a, a case that has petitioned to go before the Supreme Court. It's Novak versus City of Parma, Ohio. Um, and we'll talk more about the facts, but I think the most interesting thing about, about that case is the onion. You know what the onion is? Like the... the th- yeah, yes. Parody. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, parody news. Yeah. Par- parody news. So the onion is... Uh, 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 makes their living off satire and, and parody. And uh, that's what this case involves. And the onion uh, has filed an amicus brief, right? So they have, they have weighed in and given their legal opinion on this matter that will be coming before the Supreme court at some point. And so that's uh, it's interesting that something has happened in the legal world to make the onion get uh, involved. So anyway, that's what we're going to look at today. Good show for you, uh, Morgan. All right, here we go. The Outlaw Lawyers, Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer are your hosts. They're the managing partners at Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm. We also have Cassandra Nicholas, also an attorney at Whitaker and Hamer. Uh, she is on the program as well, remoting in from Moorhead City. Offices for Whitaker and Hamer conveniently located in Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verena, Gastonia, and the aforementioned Moorhead City now. And we talk the legalese each and every week. You're going to have questions maybe about a situation that you're in uh, and you need some answers you can always call Whitaker and Hamer 800-659-1186 that's 800-659-1186 leave your contact information briefly what the call is about and an attorney with Whitaker and Hamer will be in touch and you can always email your question to the show we'll answer it on a future program questions at theoutlawlawyer.com when we come back we'll talk about the Andy Warhol Foundation for the Visual Arts versus Goldsmith and we'll find out what the uh, the team's favorite Prince song is when we come back. Welcome back into the Outlaw Lawyers. Your hosts are Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer, managing partners, Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm. Offices conveniently located in Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verena, Gastonia, and as you can hear, Moorhead City. Cassandra Nicholas is joining us. She is in Moorhead City's office, and uh, we look forward to having her comments on this latest. And it is Andy Warhol Foundation versus the Visual Arts. Uh, that's versus Goldsmith, I should say. And Josh, I said this going into the uh, the segment. Uh, what's your favorite Prince song? I think I think before we get there, Morgan. I think before you get to your favorite Prince song, if you're if, a, if you're a child of the '80s, and, and I think some of our folks here with us today probably can't make that claim that they're they're not child children of the '80s. But if you grew up in the '80s, you were you were either Michael Jackson or Prince, right? You weren't both. You had to take a side. What if you were neither? You couldn't be both, really. Yeah, why not? I don't think you could. I, when I was growing up, you had to pick. You had to pick a side. 
It's like your dad sat you down. He's like, son, <laughs> son, you can go this way or you can go this way. I was a Michael Jackson kid through and through. So I, I didn't dislike Prince. I didn't, you know, it's not like state UNC where you have to dislike the other side, but you had to have mm. your favorite. Mm. And so if I had to, I'm going to have to, you're going to have to come back to me on favorite Prince. Like Michael Jackson, I can give you a ton of songs. Well, I, I'm, I'm the longest in tooth here on the show. I'm the oldest. So Purple Rain was out when we were at Carolina. So, mm. um, yeah, he was huge. Uh, Little Red Corvette. You know, I mean, I, that would probably be the one I would go with. When Doves Cry. Oh, Doves Cry. That's a good one. <laughs> Is that yours, Cassandra? Is that what you're going with? No, I would I would go the stereotype of Purple Rain, too. Uh, I, as I don't fail to mention in most episodes, I'm from North Dakota. <laughs> but the North Dakota-Minnesota border. Ah. So every person you meet around there... Ha- Prince is like, I don't know if there's anyone around here that compares or everyone has a story about they know someone who knows him that hung out with him in the music scene in Minneapolis. Uh, I think they're all liars, but everyone (laughs) (laughs) claims they know someone who knew Prince. Uh, But right after he passed, I flew back to Minneapolis and then drove to North Dakota and swung by Paisley Park and saw all the memorials. It was it was really cool. Well, real quickly, there is a Duke connection to Prince. And I don't know if you guys know this story, but Carlos Boozer, who played basketball at Duke and went on and played in the NBA, had a, a long career. I believe he was with the Lakers. and Played with the Jazz, too, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, he, yeah. he, he played He'd a number around. of teams. Yeah. But um, he had a house that was sitting ah. dormant uh, in the Beverly Hills area. And his agent contacted him and said that someone wanted to rent the house. And he's like, absolutely not. Uh, not going to happen. He says, well, hang on a second. <laughs> they want to pay you 95 grand a month. He said, okay. <laughs> and so they, 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 they went into this agreement, and it was Prince. And Prince, uh, in the contract, said that if he made any changes to the house, he would return the house to its original uh, before he moved out. Hmm. And apparently Boozer was in town, swung by just to kind of check things out. And the entire gate area, all the stuff that he had put up there was changed. Uh, yeah, he, completely. It's like he completely re- he made it like princed out. Uh, yeah, the gym was now a disco, uh, you know, a nightclub, uh, purple, a lot of purple. Uh, absolutely blown away at all the changes. And they were all for Prince. And then sure enough... Uh, he moved out, and everything was changed back. He also, when Boozer said something to Prince's agent, they wired him half a million dollars basically to calm Just down. Just to be like, hey, chill out. Yeah. yeah, to calm down, and we will make the changes back. And he could not tell that Prince was there when he did move out. Oh, that's crazy. I wish I could find a Prince to, to rent my house <laughs> for $95,000 a month. Anyway, Joe, great Joe, story. You yes. Got a favorite Prince song? I'm like you, man. I, you know, to Prince, musically... It never, I respect him as a musician, right? But there's, it's just, I'm kind of like you. I, I had, just, eh. you know, back in the, back in the, back in the day, we had these things called tapes. And if you didn't want to, if you didn't want to <laughs> commit to a whole tape, right? Maybe somebody released a single and you don't want to commit to the whole tape. You could buy a maxi single, right? You get like three songs instead of the um, whole, you know, save a little bit of money. Um, I had a maxi single for, uh, I think the song was called seven. That's when I was coming through high school was like the later, the later Prince. But that would have to be my favorite Prince song. And then I think I've got the greatest hits when everybody started doing the greatest hits on CDs. Uh, so I have that one. But but anyway, 
Uh, I think we can all agree that Prince was very good. Prince to me, the the relevance of Prince to me more so is uh, when Chappelle Show came out and they had oh, the yeah. the yeah. all time classic sketch with a <laughs> Prince and the Revolution playing basketball. That was, that was one of Charlie Murphy's. Uh, what do they call those? Charlie Murphy's True Hollywood Stories. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> God, the Char- late Charlie Murphy. The late Charlie yeah. Murphy. Yeah. Yep, it's all a tragedy, right. man. All right. Well, so here the Prince comes into play here. Andy Warhol Foundation for the Visual Arts versus Goldsmith was argued in front of the U.S. Supreme Court last week. And it is a it is a trademark issue. And again, uh, I guess at some point and again, I'm a bad guy for art. You know, I'm uh, like just, you know, it doesn't speak to me. Right. (laughs) Like you tell me something's a great piece of art. I I take your word for it. Art to you is just different. It's not like the fine arts don't you don't connect with that but your art is you do appreciate art just a different just kind a, of art just a different yeah. different flavor of art i guess but so there was a famous picture of prince taken i think it, i think they said it was taken in 1981 by lynn goldsmith she was the photographer and she took this this famous photo of prince which doesn't really translate on uh radio and podcast but but andy warhol took this picture and and he's kind of done this a couple of times right andy warhol would he reproduced it. I think there's like he used four images of the photograph to make his his art. Maybe changed. I think he changed the facial expression of, of Prince a little bit. Loud, know. unnatural colors is what the article says. He added to it. He splattered some paint on there. Whammo. He's got this you know multi million dollar uh, piece of art. And this lawsuit is basically not even Prince. This is Lynn Goldsmith, the the photographer, saying, "Hey, you just used my." photo and you didn't really change it that much and i'm entitled to some royalty some money uh you can't you can't just do that and so that's that's what was being argued um is that what you took from it cassandra yeah i just don't really understand why this is coming up now well that you know i thought that too and the the couple of articles i read some of the oral arguments and a couple of articles but i couldn't figure out why it was coming up just now either and i guess it the foundation would still be making money off of it now. So it's still a, like current violation if it's ongoing, as long as they're still making money from it. So there's no like statute of limitations issues. Yeah, I guess not. Oral arguments did not, did not get to that. You know what this reminded me is back in the day when, uh, wasn't it Biz Marquis who came out? Biz Marquis did his album. And that's uh, that's when all the sample stuff happened, right? Mm. So if you're if you're if you're creating a new, uh, you know, rap song, a new hip hop song, or you're, I guess any song where you would use samples from other people's music, and the samples were I can't remember how many seconds, but if they there was like a there was like a ruling that hey you owe money uh, if you use a sample of someone else's song in your song, and it's I don't know, last more than a certain amount of time or, or something like that. So that's what this reminded me of. You know, when you take someone else's work to try to create something new, how much do you have to change it? I think that's the questions that were going on between the Supreme Court justices. Yeah, uh, I like that comparison better than the one that the justices were using in oral arguments, uh, comparing turning books into movies. Yeah, they did say that, yeah. Because that's like a much more substantial like work. Yeah. Versus a couple seconds of a song or a single image. You may you may not remember this, but Bismarcky so I can't remember the name of the album he released where he basically got sued. And I don't remember who sued him. I probably should have looked at this before we got on air. But uh, his next album was called you know what it was called? 
the album after the one he got sued on? No. Was <laughs> no, I don't. Are you sure? <laughs> no, I like, I like Ms. Marquis, man, but I, I can't give you his discography. He's dead, too. Ms. Marquis's dead. Can, ah. can you give us, like, multiple choice? This is a de- depressing show. <laughs> All Samples Cleared. That was the name of ah. his next. Didn't really have a lot of big hits on that one. Yeah. But that's what people say. You know, if you go, what was the what was Paul's Boutique, the, the Beastie Boys album, where they, if they, they didn't have to pay for any of those samples, but if they made it today, it would have cost, like, three... A whole bunch million dollars yeah. to produce that, uh, to produce that. But, but yeah, that's this, that's the discussion going on here. And again, I, I, I don't know. The justices didn't seem like they were ready to do anything big or, or to change things now. Um, yeah, but they were really into it. It seems like it'll be a while before we get this decision. Yeah, I think, and I think the justices were, you know, I love cases where the justices just don't divide on on uh you know conservative liberal lines like i like it when they when they get a topic that's not politically socially charged when they get a topic that's just you really have to just make legal arguments and no one probably has any preconceived notions one way or the other so this will be interesting just to see how the justices uh split because it's going to be a weird split you know it's not going to be just conservative and, and liberal this reminded me a lot of the obama hope poster lawsuit um back in like 2009 the obama hope poster was everywhere but it was based on an ap photo from 2006 and ap sued the artist that created the poster but they settled so they never got to this fair uh, yeah. fair use mm, issue yeah. um so it'll be interesting it's a difficult issue anytime you're dealing with something that you could argue is subjective, like determining how transformative something needs to be. Like that's, that's a difficult standard to establish. Yeah. There's gotta be, there's gotta be a line, you know, <laughs> I heard, I can't remember who I heard talking about it, but somebody was talking about, uh, somebody was talking about how dress codes in, in, in offices has, has declined, right? Like everybody used to wear suits, you know, and, or what have you. And he was talking about where do you draw the line? Like it's, it, you can't go to work naked, right? What? <laughs> is this a supreme court ruling <laughs> hang on a minute have i been breaking the law <laughs> so you can't you can't we all accept the fact you can't go to work naked and you probably can't go to work in your underwear right you know, we all we all kind of accept that in a professional workplace that's probably not gonna be allowed and of course you can always wear a suit right everybody could wear a suit you can dress up as much as you as you want to and so where do you draw the line and what's socially acceptable you know what to wear to work at some point every office has to draw that line but it's just you got to make these rules, you know, and, it, and that was the guy's point. But here at some point, it would be just using someone else's artwork to create your own artwork. You know, like there I, is a point where it, you, you're right. There is a point 100 percent where we should have an issue with someone doing this. But it, again, where do you draw the line? I, I think this I think this is a, I think the photographer makes a really good argument because I saw when I read this article, <clears throat> I saw Mr. Warhol's art that he produced it really to me just looks like her photo <laughs> with a different color scheme you're untrained unsophisticated that's right. eye that's right i, I uh, I'm, the, it's, I'm the same i look at art man and i feel bad like i look at it and like i think of people getting this deep deep meaning from it and i just feel dumb because it's not <laughs> happening for me personally yeah and so maybe we're just we're just dumb apes man well you know i don't know what to tell you about that but Anyway, I, I think this is clearly like this. I think this lady, I think the photographer is entitled to some money. I think he's, you know, it's, it's like if Bismarcky made half of his, you know, half of his song was an old Earth, Wind and Fire uh, song. And he, you know, I, I just think it's 
Anyway, what do I know? Because I'm not a Supreme Court justice. <laughs> I'll tell you what you know is a lot about Bismarck's uh, <laughs> yeah. CD releases. Look, man. Who knew? <laughs> that was a very legally interesting topic when I was coming of age. Yeah, I mean, there's very few legal radio shows where they're going to bring Bismarcky into the fold. So I'm going to give you credit for that. Well, yeah, we talked about Bismarcky. We talked about Michael Jackson. We talked about Prince. Real quick, we're coming up against a break, but real quick, everybody's favorite Michael Jackson song. Hmm. You should have it on the tip of your tongue. Billie Jean. Yeah. That's uh, a good song. What's yours? Man in the Mirror. Uh hundred times a day, man in the mirror. You can little, listen to it all the time. It's a little soft for me, Josh. <laughs> Cassandra, favorite Michael Jackson song. Can't say thriller. Oh, smooth can't criminal. Say thriller. Smooth criminal. You can't right? say thriller. Yeah. Why can't you say thriller? You can't say thriller. I bet you I could say thriller right now. You can't <laughs> you What are you gonna do, me? Josh? <laughs> We're in the same room together today. Um, nah. I don't know, man. I don't have a favorite anything. Killing me, man. I just like a lot of I like. This is serious, man. What People ask, like, "What's your favorite movie?" Thriller. It's Thriller. Okay, all right. And your face. All right, there you go. The Outlaw Lawyers, Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer, Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm, where you can find them. They're the managing partners there. Practicing attorneys here in North Carolina. Offices conveniently located: Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verita, Gastonia, and now in Moorhead City, where our third host is Cassandra Nicholas, joining us remotely today. If you've got a legal situation you're facing, you've got questions, you can always call the firm eight hundred six five nine one one eight six. That's eight hundred six five nine eleven eighty six. Leave your contact information briefly. What the call is about and an attorney with Whitaker and Hamer will be in touch and you can always email your questions to the show questions at theoutlawlawyer.com we've got more right after this Welcome back into the Outlaw Lawyers. Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer, managing partners, Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm, are your hosts. They're practicing attorneys here in North Carolina. Also, an attorney at Whitaker and Hamer, Cassandra Nicholas, joining us from the Moorhead City offices. And speaking of offices, they are conveniently located in Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verena, Gastonia, and again, brand new in Moorhead City. I'm Morgan Patrick, consumer advocate. If you've got a legal question you are facing and you need some answers, you can always call. Whitaker and Hamer, 800-659-1186. That's 800-659-1186. Leave your contact information, briefly what the call's about, and an attorney will be in touch. You can always email your questions to the show as well, questions at theoutlawlawyer.com. Josh, where are we going next? You know, uh, Morgan, you know, we have a segment like we had last time, and then we go to break, and so I sit here and I think about the segment that we just had, and and I feel like we have to take breaks to remind people that we are Real legitimate attorneys. That's right. Right. As like, real as it gets. It. Yeah. yeah. It's real. And, and I would I would argue good. I would argue good legitimate. And, and you're an attorney. Yeah. So you know how to argue things. But you're also human. You have yeah, human you know, other interests. I well, mean, you're a huge Simpsons fan. I right. mean, there's a lot going on in there. I, you don't like art. <laughs> I like Apparently to, not. I like to I like to think that we have fun here. And so we come, you know, our attorneys come in here and we let our guard down and we like to talk about these legal topics, but I, I just think a, a helpful uh, reminder, maybe halfway through every show, that we are licensed in North Carolina. We're attorneys who do real good <laughs> professional work. We're just letting our hair down and uh, and getting into some good meaty legal topics. But the next one uh, that we have for you, uh, I'll let Joe give you the background. But uh, we're going to talk about Daryl Brooks. We're going to talk about his, uh, he's defending himself from very serious, about as serious as it gets, criminal charges. Uh, 
but he's also this also gets us into a conversation. I think we've mentioned it once or twice on the show before, but this sovereign uh, citizen uh, thought, you know, this this mindset, this sovereign citizen mindset, which is not usually very helpful to you as a as a legal defense. But but Joe, just remind everybody who Daryl Brooks is and what he's accused of. Yeah, so I mean, simply put, Daryl Brooks, he's the the man that's accused of basically driving his SUV smack dab into a Wisconsin, uh, Waukesha, Wisconsin Christmas parade, uh, killed six people, injured 62 others. Eyewitnesses basically said, you know, he pulled into, into the crowd and was deliberately trying to hit as many people as he could. A horrific, just horrific crime. Uh, and like you said, Josh fired his attorney originally pled insanity, uh, withdrew that and has now pled not guilty. But surprisingly his, his defense of himself making a fantastic case that this man is legitimately insane as if driving into a crowd of people wasn't enough, but horribly tragic uh, incident, just terrible. And this is another case where social media is really taken taking something that, uh, you know, you, you hate to call it entertaining because you're talking about a horrible tragedy, but it's one of those you almost can't look away. And so there's, there's daily updates because this guy's representing himself and it's, and it's a spectacle and the way he's just the rants he's going on, the way he's handling himself in the courtroom. It's a very just different look at the courtroom proceedings. When you have a person who has no legal training, who's pretty clearly a crazy person just throwing everything they can out there in, in defense of themselves. And if you, I know you're not a TikTok guy or a real social media, short video type of guy, Josh, but there's tons of it out there and you should go check it out because uh, it, it'll just blow your mind just watching this guy operate. And the judge, you know, the judge is trying to be patient and you can see it and is just struggling to keep order and they keep having to remove them to another courtroom and make them watch. But, uh, it's just insane, man. That's the best way I can describe it. Cassandra, are you following this one? So of us, I am usually the one that's on top of these sensationalized trials, but I haven't been watching this one, but now I need to. Oh, you're blowing it, Cassandra. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry, but we have you, Joe. You're on. You're all over this. I, people send me these things. So this has been sent to me. Uh, I don't seek them out, but but but, you know, the, with the way that the algorithm is, you watch like one of these videos, you're getting 73 of these videos the, every time you pull well, it I'm up, ready so for them. I'm getting blasted with them now. But it's just he's the way he it's just it's crazy, man. He's he's cross examining these people that he has like run over to them or their family members. And the approach he's basically trying to to make the point that it's not him and his lines of questioning. They're asinine. They're ridiculous. And the people are just staring him down. And it takes a it's amazing to think about the level of patience and restraint that these people have to have to sit there across from him, maintain their composure Um I could have really taken some notes from those people during that Duke Carolina football game. <laughs> I'd take this opportunity to apologize to the very old man that sat in front of me at that game. So he's he's charged with six counts of first degree murder, and there's 77 additional assaults, things like that. Um, yeah, I saw him questioning one of the was it the father of the eight year old who passed away, or maybe it was the baseball coach of the eight year old, but he was questioning somebody who who had suffered a loss. 
he was like, oh, but you you didn't see me. Yeah, and he was like, yeah, that's his thing. Yeah, yeah. He's like, you didn't. And he's yeah. like, what's the, and he's like, yeah. And he's like, what's the name of the person who was driving that vehicle? And they're like, it's you, man. <laughs> he's like, and how did you know that? Did you did did someone tell you that name? And he's like, yeah, the police told me that name. <laughs> so well, you didn't know at the time when I was running you over that that was my name. And he's just it's it's crazy, man. I just heard, absolute insanity. I did see a clip after you told me about it. I was I was kind of trying to catch up on it, but I did see a clip where he he just yells hearsay. Like I don't yeah, think he he's doing it. Repeated yeah. hearsay, hearsay, <laughs> and uh, and they just and the judge just to the judge's credit, <laughs> tried trying to maintain order, just gently chastise it, and then gradually you can just see it's like every day just the patience runs thin and, and starts running out, and he keeps insisting that he doesn't want to be called Daryl Brooks, and just man, well, one of his I guess one of his I'm doing air quotes one of his defenses is. Uh, the sovereign citizen argument. So there's this argument, and, and they take all shapes or forms. And when I, I, in law school, I interned at the DA's office, and that was my first encounter with folks who who come in charged with serious crimes, and they'll say, "You don't have any authority over me. I'm a I'm a sovereign citizen." And so they'll sometimes they trace their origins and say, I'm, "I I can't be subject to the Constitution or your." And they have all these arguments, and you see this in different areas of law come up in different ways. It's all worthless, right? So if you're if you know somebody who's who's really getting into the sovereign citizen uh, movement, like they're they usually end up in jail, right? I mean, it's, if they, if that's the measure of their defense, but they, they're but but are they really in jail? They're sovereign in jail, so does it really even, <laughs> you know does it really even count? On their own. Josh? Uh, but but you know if you're and this guy had I I would argue a probably pretty he had a pretty experienced attorney. I think his attorney was. I uh, had been doing this for like 20 or 30 years. So he didn't have like a new public defender or, or anybody. He had somebody who an insanity defense sounds perfect for this guy. This guy was his, his defense attorney was probably doing the absolute best job he could, he could do. And uh, you know, this guy's going, I mean, I, I don't know if he realizes it yet, but he's, he's going to, I mean, they're playing 4d chess, man, yeah. his attorney letting him do this, showing the insanity 50 minute diatribe. He went on, it says in court, Well, but no attorney, like the attorney's fired. I know competency has to be different state by state and probably judge by judge, but like there had to have been some sort of competency determination, right? But yeah. And that's the thing. You, but that's, enough. you, you watch him speak and if you didn't listen to what, I mean, I know you have to listen to the content of what he's saying, but he doesn't necessarily immediately present as an insane person. Okay. You listen to him and you're like, clearly, yes. But uh, it, it, there's a fine line between insanity and just being a gigantic moron, horrible human being. And that's also one of those tricky things to, to where do you draw the line there, right? Because... You, you know, you you. There's people out there that are just bad people that are just doing terrible things, um, and you don't want to absolve responsibility by just being able to back out saying that these folks are insane. But uh, this dude's he's, he's he's I think it's, he he lacks some sane capacity for sure. Fifty minutes. Can you imagine sitting in court listening to a fifty minute sovereign citizen diatribe? I know you you were going to be a sovereign citizen at one point, Josh. <laughs> no, wasn't I that? Didn't. Oh, okay. I didn't, I didn't look into that. Card carrying. Yeah, some of us have been confused with someone else. I can't imagine. You know, your your jurors. You know, the folks that you're trying to convince of your innocence. You're you're just blatantly wasting their time. I mean, you know, jurors jurors are are smart. They they pick up on things. You know, I. When we have when we have trials and, and the other side, you, you know, it's just try to reiterate a point over and over again. Like you see the jury 
get tired, you know, and, and so the jury cannot be excited about having to sit through these, these hour long, uh, diet, like I said, what, what's another word for diatribe? So we don't keep saying diatribe. No, I just keep saying it's a Rant. good word. Yeah, it's Rant. a good word. Diatribe. <laughs> Only diatribe. <laughs> Maybe you say that, man, but then you got to think some of the, the, some of the things you can go and be a juror for the, the most mundane, just boring procedural you're, you're going in every day and you're, you're seeing a, a, a crazy person put on a one man show. Um, again, tragic circumstances, never want to make light of the actual situation around it. But, uh, I, I think there's, as far as just sitting in a, in, in a courtroom and, and listening to something, I, it's just, yeah, you're never going My- to be bored listening to this crazy person ranting. I had a trial advocacy class and the final was like examining an expert witness and my jury had people actually asleep. So <laughs> I, I can't, I can't, uh, well, you, criticize this guy for his entertainment value, at least for the jury. <laughs> what you say? Sorry. Sorry. I was, I, I, I was dozing. I think we, yeah, we yeah. lost some folks there. But, yeah. <laughs> The uh, no, yeah, every juror's definitely not mean. not made equal, but uh, but usually they know what's going on and and it's their time, they're there, you know. It's uh, it's frustrating to to be a juror to give up your time and then and then have it kind of wasted uh, and right in front of you, so that never serves a party uh, very well. But uh, why don't you make a bold prediction? You think this guy's uh, defense is gonna work, Josh? I think this guy is gonna get convicted of every single charge. He's gonna add some extras. Yeah, I think he's gonna get convicted of every and I don't I don't know what the death penalty, I don't know how that works there, but I mean if you have the death penalty available to you. I think they said consecutive several consecutive life sentences, if I'm not mistaken. Hmm. Several. Well, when we come back, we're gonna get into another subject. The onion will explain when we come back from the break. The outlaw lawyers, Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer, your host, managing partners at Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm, also Cassandra Nicholas, an attorney at Whitaker and Hamer, joining us from the Moorhead City office. If you've got a question, a, a legal question that you're facing and you need answers, you can always call Whitaker and Hamer, 800 1186 That's 800 1186 Leave your contact information, briefly what the call's about, and an attorney will be in touch with you from Whitaker. And Hamer, and you can email your questions to the show, questions at theoutlawlawyer.com. We're back right after this. The Outlaw Lawyers, Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer. Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm, where you can find them. Managing partners there, practicing attorneys here in North Carolina. Also joining us on the program, Cassandra Nicholas, an attorney at Whitaker and Hamer. She's out of the Moorhead City office. And speaking of offices, they are conveniently located in Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verena, Gastonia, and that new office in Moorhead City. I'm Morgan Patrick, consumer advocate. If you've got a legal situation you're facing, you can always call Whitaker and Hamer and get some answers. Here's the number, 800 659 1186. That's 800 659 1186. Leave your contact info, briefly what the call is about. An attorney with Whitaker and Hamer will be in touch. And you can email your questions to the show. We'll answer them on a future broadcast. Questions at theoutlawlawyer.com. Josh? You know, I, in thinking about our next topic, our next topic is going to be the case um, Novak v. City of Parma, Ohio. And for us, this is only important uh, because The Onion, uh, a satirical, used to be an actual. They would print up a newspaper like when it got started, right? It had a physical. I bet you appreciated that. I did. I like to touch the paper, as you know. You know, I like to feel 
the news, you know. But <laughs> you know what? Everybody knows what the Onion is—a satirical news outlet. Is that what you would call it? Yeah, it's, it's sad, yeah, and and, and I mean, it, and lately, like you said, they used to print up a whole paper. Now they can just—it's it's as simple as they can just do a, a tweet with a headline, and that can be sufficient, you know. Um, but yes, sets biting satire. So back before that, that fools a lot of people, man, fools a lot of people into being legitimate. Unfortunately, it does. And that's always, that's always the best. That's, yeah. you know, you see someone, you know, on social media, share, when they share it and they just lose it about yeah. it. Yeah, Can it is good. This that's good. I feel that like you feel the news. I feel that when it happens. <laughs> so back before, uh, the internet, right back before the internet there, the reason I found out about it is I went to a friend's house and his dad in the bathroom because you used to have to have books in the bathroom, right? Because you didn't have phones. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And yeah. you got to read something. You can't go to the bathroom and not read anything. Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> I mean, we all agree on that, right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> We're um, not monsters. Yeah. 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 View behind yeah. the curtain. Thank yeah. you for that, John. Thanks, I appreciate man. it. Thanks. So people <laughs> used to have books in their in their bathroom, right? And so he had like this collection, this hardbound collection of Onion articles where they pretended. Like the onions been around since the turn of the century, so they just did the onions work, but they did it on old news stories. Mm. I was like, "What is this? What is this hysterical?" You know, you loved it, but uh, now, of course, when you have the interwebs, you can see the onion all over the place. But um, you had to go to that bathroom to get your fix. <laughs> right. What are you doing here, Josh? I just <laughs> I was in the area. You weren't even invited. I was in the area. I ate a lot of hot dogs. <laughs> I just thought I'd come by. Just let me hang out for an hour in your dad's bathroom. So this, I don't know, I read like a brief on the facts, so I'm not, I'm not dialed, I'm going to watch this one now, but I'm not super dialed into it, but Novak was apparently a, a gentleman in Ohio who made a Facebook page that was just mimicking the local police department, and so he just, he kind of took the onion approach, it was kind of supposed to be satire. He's trolling, basically, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, he was kind of trolling. And I guess at some point, people got it confused with the actual police, and at some point, the police arrested him. And he was criminally charged for maintaining this satirical, uh, I think it was a Facebook page, if I'm not mistaken, but he was arrested. And so he's taken this fight all the way to the Supreme Court um, about satire, about parodying and First Amendment uh, free speech uh, concerns. And so this is right up the onions. uh, You know, this, this affects them. And so we talked about what an amicus brief is before. But real quick, Cassandra, what's an amicus brief? So (laughs) it's in support of one side. So they took a side and put it in a bunch of legalese on a lot of pages and submitted it to hopefully sway the justices. So, so when you remote in, I can just ask you a lot of questions. I'm not here looking at you, so I can just sporadically ask you questions. Got to make sure you're paying attention. (laughs) Just to make sure you're there and you're, you're too. I'm I'm here. (laughs) So an amicus brief amicus, I I use all my Latin, my two years of high school Latin amicus means friend of the court. An amicus brief is you're a friend of the court. And so you're not a party. You're not representing a party. You're not an attorney. Um, So, but it's Supreme court litigation is so important to a lot of other people they allow people who may be may be affected by the outcome to file a legal brief a legal argument in support of or against uh you know a party and so the onion has done that they they have hired an attorney and they have filed an amicus brief a friend of the court brief uh saying that yes all this should be protected everything this guy has done is is an example of free speech he shouldn't be able to be criminally charged um and the biggest quote from this article I read uh, was, imagine if the onion were required to disclaim that. How do you say that? 
Did we get a stumper of a word? Yeah, it's uh, parodical. <laughs> parodical headlines are in reality false. And so that goes to our, our friends on social media who may get fooled into thinking the onion is a real news outlet and sharing the, the angry, can you believe Obama did this? You know, it says that this guy's Facebook page, he advertised at no means no fair where residents could remove their names from the sex offender registry by completing a series of puzzles. <laughs> like there's some things, and man. Someone locally believed that. That is a disclaimer. That's a disclaimer that uh, that it is parodical in and of itself. Like again, you you I, if there's anyone listening to this that that regularly gets fooled by the onion, uh, it, you just got, just search your heart, man. Like if it if it seems too ridiculous to be true, and I say that, but we live in an ever increasing world of ridiculous things. So maybe. Uh, maybe we need those disclaimers, Josh. Well, you know, just there just, is a fine line on some onion headlines, right? <laughs> and you know, that could be real. That's I know the, it's the that's, onion. That's the art like, of it. That's, that, that, that's the art out of the realm of our world right now. Well, you know, another sign that our, that our world is crazy is that the onion is too liberal for some people, and and so the what is it, the Babylon Bee? Mm, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's more, like the conservative, it's the more conservative yeah, 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 uh, yeah. version uh, of the onion, which I believe has been deplatformed, or at least they're off Twitter or, or something. I can't remember, but uh, but that, I think that's a sign that we need. You know, we're 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 getting so separated. We need we need not only do we need our our, our news outlet that kind of favors our viewpoint, but our satirical news outlet also has to favor you know our viewpoint. I enjoy them both equally. Man, we talked a lot about this whole the whole transformative property and the the parody and the line between that. Uh, you ever seen the show Nathan for You, Josh? I have not. He did a he did a thing where he made a a, a company and he opened a location called Dumb Starbucks, and uh, that you should check. You it, very pertinent. You should check that out. We talk about it on an episode. Basically, opened a, it went viral and people were coming. It was just Dumb Starbucks, but it everything was identical. It just it was Dumb Starbucks and. Um, <laughs> Very similar. It all raises that question, man. Like where we, we keep coming back to it. Where do you draw the line at uh, between parody or between, you know, art? Where, where, where is that line? That's all the Supreme Court does, this man. Police Go ahead, Cassandra. Facebook page does seem different than The Onion because The Onion has its own name. Um, this one, like they use the exact same profile picture, name of the page. We're removing any comments on the page, like outing it as satire. Yeah, this this is. So, I, I think this is much is more clear. The uh, well, I was going to say the U.S. Supreme Court is uh, is a uh, a habitual line drawer. Wasn't it from uh, Charlie? Yeah, Ruff? he's a habitual. Yeah, line Rick stepper. James was a habitual line stepper. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, so the Supreme Court is a habitual <laughs> line drawer. I think we can all agree on that. All right, The Onion in the books. The Outlaw Lawyers, Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer are your hosts. Managing Partners, Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm. Also, Cassandra Nicholas, attorney at Whitaker and Hamer, joining us on the program this week. We have offices in Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Farina, Gastonia, and Moorhead City. If you have a legal situation you're facing and you need some answers to your questions, you can always call Whitaker and Hamer, 800-659-1186. That's 800-659-1186. Leave your contact info. Briefly what the call is about, and an attorney will be in touch with you. And you can always email your questions to the show, questions at theoutlawlawyer.com. We're back to wrap it up right after this.
final segment of the Outlaw Lawyers. Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer are your hosts, the managing partners at Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm, offices in Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verena, Gastonia, and now in Moorhead City. And Moorhead City is where we find Cassandra Nicholas joining us on the program, also an attorney at Whitaker and Hamer. Josh, wrap it up for us. Well, I was going to just summarize what we've talked about today. I was just going to summarize our, our, our main topics today. And so uh, we talked about Prince. Yes. Right? We talked about Prince. And Michael Jackson. Both who have passed. Yes. Now they're not with us anymore. Yes. We As talked, has Biz Marquis. We talked about Biz Marquis. He's passed. I thought we talked about... Andy some, Warhol, also dead. Andy Warhol has passed. This wow. has been a very... It's a cursed show. It has been very, been very sad uh, discussion. But I, I would definitely... I don't... You know, in uh, over the break... Joe said Thriller was not his favorite Michael Jackson no, song. Yeah, because you told me I can't. What's it can't it? be. Give us two. You said you can't name one. Give us two. Oh, man. I like the the way you make me feel because it makes <sighs> me think about the way that I feel. That's the worst. It's a very introspective <laughs> that's a, song. That, that's like Dirty Diana. <laughs> yeah, it's you say not your Dirty Diana. Diana. No, no. No, I like my Diana's clean. <laughs> All right, well, two songs, uh, man. I just gave you, making me give you more? What yeah, was, you asked him his opinion. He uh, gave you know his like, opinion. I like the hardest Michael Jackson song out there, The Man in the Mirror. That's good. That's the <laughs> that, one. That is really the only correct answer is Man yeah. in the Mirror. You think so? Yeah. All yeah. Right. You watch right. Man in the Mirror, you can't You can't be mad at Michael Jackson. You, you can't? Nah, you can't. All right. If you say so. <laughs> the uh, We talked about The Onion. We talked about The Babylon Bee. Those are very funny things to read. Yeah. I think we can yeah. all agree on that. Especially in, at your, in your dad's, uh, your friend's dad's bathroom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no better place to mm-hmm. do your reading. When you, were, when you were in college, you didn't have like your favorite on-campus bathroom? <laughs> really? No, man. No. That's a thing? How is this a thing? Like when you were, when you were on campus for the day. You didn't have, like, your favorite... Look, man, Barton at Barton College, one of the finest <laughs> learning institutions in the world. It's a very small campus, but I would just walk back to where I lived, man. Uh, yeah, it's very do, easy for me. I can't do that at NC State. I had to have it. I don't know that I even used the bathroom on the campus. I just walked to my, my place of living. I sense a plaque coming on, you know, yeah. at this <laughs> establishment Yeah, for Josh. That's what I'm thinking. Cassandra, how did that work for you? Oh, I definitely had a favorite bathroom. Yeah, yeah. Weirdos, man. No, weirdos. Cassandra's normal. You weirdos. You use the call bathroom. The house. I'm going to go back to my apartment. I'm going to go Come back on. to my dorm. Yeah, maybe. In the Park Region basement. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm trying to remember the name of the building. Mine was a, it was a computer science building. And if you went downstairs, they didn't have many offices downstairs. A lot of people didn't know it was even down there. There was this bathroom. It was the biggest one-stall bathroom I've ever seen in my life with a locking door. We get done with yeah. the show. Let's go Let's go track that down so you can, uh, you can sit in there and relive some. Nostalgic memories. Well, now we know that Josh bases it on square footage. Okay. Good stuff. All right. The Outlaw Lawyers, another edition in the books. Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer are your hosts, the partners, managing partners at Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm. Big thank you to Cassandra Nicholas, also an attorney at Whitaker and Hamer, chiming in from the Moorhead City office. If you've got a legal situation you're facing, you can always call Whitaker and Hamer, 800 659 1186. That's 800 659 1186. Leave your contact information. Briefly, what the call's about. An attorney will be in touch. And you can always email the show, and we'll answer it on a future program questions at the outlawlawyer.com another great show in the books guys we'll see you next week
service hosted by an attorney licensed to practice law in North Carolina. Some of the guests appearing on the show may be licensed North Carolina attorneys. Discussion of this show is meant to be general in nature and in no way should the discussion be interpreted as legal advice. Legal advice can only be rendered once an attorney, licensed in the state in which you live, had the opportunity to discuss the facts of your case with you. The attorneys appearing on the show are speaking in generalities about the law in North Carolina and how these laws affect the average North Carolinian. If you have any questions about the content of the show, contact us directly.